now back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. It is Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. Matt Hicks, Rangers Radio Network, joining us now. Matt, welcome back to the show. And, um, I mean, this should be a really fun time of the year. Rangers in the race. Uh, But to watch them, Matt, fall to third place, only one game back, but behind the Mariners and Astros, it's just – I mean, it's great that they're in the race because it makes us all excited and watch. But this has been demoralizing in a lot of ways to watch over the last two weeks as the bullpen uh, just continues to crater. Uh, Matt, uh, welcome. And, by the way, have you ever seen anything like this? (laughs) (laughs) Well, first, thanks for having me on. I do appreciate it. And, yes, I would agree with everything that you said. Um, because when when you think about the course of this season, where at the beginning of the year, expectations were certainly high, people thinking that this ball club was going to be a club that could compete and possibly be good enough to be a postseason team. And then when the club started to take off and the hitting was phenomenal and you've got great starting pitching uh, and Jacob deGrom was in the rotation, winning all six of his starts, and all of a sudden people are thinking, wait a minute, compete, be in the postseason? How about setting your sights on winning the World Series? And so I think that that bar just kept going up and up, and people just felt, well, it was a fait accompli. Um, This team is going to be going places, and isn't this going to be a blast? Then to have, you know, what's happened here over the last three weeks, um, yeah. So we find ourselves embroiled in a situation where if the lead-up to this had been completely different, And if the Mm -hmm. ball club had been playing great over the last three weeks and say had gone, let's just say 14 and five over the last 19 games, everybody would be pumped up. But this is where we are now. So everything from what happened to the beginning of the season until now, um, obviously you can't forget, but you, Mm -hmm. you can't think about that because you've got to go from this point seeing the club right now in third place in the division, but still sitting in the final wild card spot uh, by a half game over Toronto and, and what's ahead of the team. So you've still got two games here with Houston, which you can win and pull yourself up. You've still got seven games left with Seattle at the end of the season. Those games are going to be huge. Obviously, if, if both clubs are still highly involved with, which you would think that that's going to be the case. And you still have four games coming up with Toronto on the road here on this next road trip. So, you know, let's add that up Two Houston, seven, Seattle, mm-hmm. nine for Toronto. That over half of your games remaining are against teams, uh, which you can do something about where you are in the standings, not just watching the scoreboard, hoping that somebody beats somebody else. So it's in front of this club right now. And so there's something that they can do about it. The question is, are they going to do something about it? Is it a drain on the rest of the players? You're in the clubhouse. I mean, that's got to be a crazy feeling when no lead is safe, certainly not a three-run lead, and and it just happens over and over and over again. Uh, at some point, that has to feel kind of demoralizing, how, how are the players that you are around and interview on a daily basis? How are some of the, how are the position players, the hitters, you know, how, how are they um, processing all of this? Because this is a, uh, we're watching history 
and it's not good history, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it certainly isn't. But uh, in my interaction with, with guys on the team, uh, and I don't try to interact a whole lot. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's put it that way. Um, but when, like today, like going through the clubhouse and seeing the few guys that I saw, and on a daily basis when I do this, they're pretty much the same now as they were at the beginning of the season. They're going about doing what they need to do. If they are being drained by what's happened, they're not letting it show, and they're certainly not talking about it. Um, I think that from a mental standpoint, obviously, there's a ton of pressure on anybody coming in out of the bullpen uh, to perform. And when you're playing in front of 35,000, 38,000, I think that pressure ramps up. Um, but from the standpoint of especially position players and seeing them going about their everyday business, I, I know they, they really are truly professionals who are doing what they do on a daily basis. And I don't see them being impacted in a negative way because of the results of the game. I think that a lot of these guys, we've got a lot of veterans on this club have been mm-hmm. through the ups and downs of a pennant race and they know not to get too super excited because of a win like we had over Minnesota the other day or not to be too down over the disappointment of a tight game yesterday that turned into a blowout late in the ballgame. But Bochi is regarded as so great with the bullpen, that's got to be a rough thing when you just really don't have the arms. You don't really have, I guess, did I see Kennedy, they're adding somebody today but there's really and they almost had to sacrifice a game yesterday to try to get the bullpen ready to go again and oh by the way they're getting it ready to go again with guys that have struggled mightily it's like Bochi is such a great guy to have around because he's got such a great attitude but I think even Bruce watching his comments last night you know at some point it's kind of like I don't really know what to do here I mean even (laughs) even a guy like that who's kind of seen it all Right. Well, you know, you're only as good as your players, right? And if you've got really yes. good players, if you've got really good relievers, then you know, magically you're you're a great uh, magician with the bullpen, you know. <laughs> and 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 and, and he's had some very good relievers in his day. Um, but the other thing too is the game has changed um, uh, in the three years that he was away, and we now have the rule, obviously, where when you bring a, a reliever in, he has to face at least three batters or finish the inning. So there are a few occasions where a guy will come in and face less than three and finish an inning, and then mm-hmm. he can be replaced. But that twist, and, and Boach has admitted this, has been a challenge for him uh, this season because if you, for example, if a guy starts an inning and he faces three guys and he doesn't get anybody out, well, now who do you bring in knowing that that guy has to face at least two, unless the first guy hits into a triple play, which probably isn't going to happen, but more likely he's going to face three in that inning. And you get to a spot uh, in the ballgame, and we just recently played Minnesota, where uh, Rocco Baldelli would set his lineup so that he might have five right-handed hitters on the bench in one game and the next game have five left-handed hitters on the bench. And so you're bringing in a guy ostensibly maybe to face two righties and one lefty. So you're thinking about bringing in a righty, but then that righty ends up facing three lefties because two guys pinch hit. Mm. So in other words, just managing the bullpen now is so much different than before. 
based upon the rules. And so, you know, I don't know as though you can uh, give a grade to Bruce Bochy based on how he manages the bullpen where, you know, you're, you're managing under new rules and he probably doesn't have as good a bullpen as he had during his time with San Francisco and San Diego previously. All right, uh, Matt Hicks joining us from Rangers Radio Network. Uh, Nathan Avaldi returns to the mound tonight. Um, again, they need somebody in the bullpen, right? But still, it's great mm-hmm. to get him back in there, and hopefully, he gives them a shot of something. What do you? What's the ramp up here? They've been ramping him up for a pretty good while. Everybody's excited to see him back. What's the What's the thought on? What they, how far they think they he could go? Because I would have to think they'll keep an eye on him, and this is not a situation where he would throw a hundred pitches or anything like that. Well, you're correct, and Bruce Bochy just had his media session a little while ago, and in, in addressing that, he said yes, he would be monitored closely, but he would not commit to an innings number or a pitch count number. So we're all left to be guessing, and if I had to take. My best guess, you know, I would say that it might top out at about 60 pitches or three innings. But that's a complete guess. I mean, he may go deeper than that. Uh, and, of course, depending upon the situation, uh, we'll see how far he goes. But, you know, getting a guy like Ivaldi back, who essentially became the de facto ace uh, with not only uh, his performance, but when, you know, Jacob deGrom uh, went down with his injury, you know, Ivaldi was a, a He's a huge force on this team. He's a leader on this team. And so to get not only a leader back, but a guy who has performed exceedingly well this year, you hope provides a, mm-hmm. a, an emotional lift, a mental lift for the club. And what about uh, Josh Young? Seems like he's getting ready to start doing more, not swinging at a ball, but actually soon being able to swing and, and um, where do you think he is in the process? Is it still maybe – it seemed like I always heard he was going to maybe try to come back with like 10 games left would be the scenario. Is that still kind of uh, in everybody's mind? Where How is his uh, return coming? Yeah, well, there's no official timetable, but, I mean, we can tell you that, again, for uh, a second consecutive day here today, he took ground balls at third. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched him just uh, for a little bit, and uh, he's really good <laughs> at ground balls at third, which we've seen all season. So, I, you know, I think he's a step closer, but there's no official timetable on when he's going to get back. Um, you know, and uh, he'll tell you that he's feeling pretty good. But, uh, you know, the Rangers medical staff will make sure that he's 100% good to go before they clear him to play. All right. Well, it's um, it, and by the way, it's got to be fun to have Eric back in the mix. Uh, you all make a great duo. You and Jared have done such a tremendous job. But, um, you know, it was just really neat to hear that home run call uh, the other night. Uh, Adolis had the, the big one to end that game, especially after so many tough ones here recently. What was that like? Uh, uh, Eric's first game back. We haven't talked to you since then. It was it almost uh, feel a little emotional to you? Well, I think certainly it was. And, of course, he was back for the first time in our previous uh, homestand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he also, um, you know, has been with us uh, on the road as well. So, you know, he missed this last road trip. He had uh, just some uh, a very minor surgery, and he's fine with that. 
so it's you know we're going to have him for the rest of the season, and so mm-hmm. it, I mean it's great having him back in the booth. And the other day, when Adolis hit the walk off, not only did Eric uh, nail the call, but I think maybe uh, one of the uh, neat things coming out of that is is that in the commercial break prior to that, Jared uh, in the booth says, you know, and, and remember Adolis had struck out his first four times up in that ball game. And, and Jared said during the commercial break, and he actually tweeted out the same thing during the break. Mm. He goes, wouldn't it be the most Adolis thing ever for him to hit a walk-off here to start the bottom of this <laughs> inning? And then, boom, that's exactly what he did. And, you know, and he and he did it on a pitch that wasn't even in the strike zone. You have, the pitch was high. The pitch was inside. Somehow he got to it and hit it up into the second deck, which gives you a, a little insight into his strength and his power because not a lot of guys can even hit a pitch there, and he hits it into the second deck in fair territory. Um, so he's capable of some great things, and certainly down the stretch here, if the Rangers are going to go anywhere, uh, his bat is going to have to uh, not necessarily catch fire, but he's going to be need to be a consistent producer uh, mm-hmm. at the plate. But, uh, yeah, no, it was, it was really good to uh, not only have that kind of result, but to have Eric on the call, mm-hmm making that call it it felt like rangers baseball yeah well and it by the way it has the whole time even when he wasn't out there y'all done a great job and and isn't it neat to uh, have some meaningful baseball in september that's what i keep trying to tell myself uh every uh by the way you know used to people could either tape games or listen to you guys later in the game matt in these these quicker games I, I think I think baseball fans have had to adjust to this. Like what time they even, if they want to get some stuff done and maybe tune in late later to a game, they've got to come in at a different juncture, don't they? It's kind of funny yeah. how it, it's really impacted yep. how we consume these games. I think you're you're right with that, and even, you know, despite the fact that here recently our last few games have been either in excess of three hours or close to three hours, you know, it's because they've been packed. Uh, with quite a bit of action, but even the games that are going 220 or 230 are packed with action. And I think that's what baseball was striving to do with these changes where you're just, there's not a lot of that dead time where nothing's going on. The people are more engaged. The players are more engaged, you know, for the position players, it's a lot more fun because they're not Mm -hmm. standing around doing nothing for long periods of time. So I think, you know, for everyone involved, it's a, it's a good thing. You know, yesterday was just the second time, and I thought it was the first time. It was the first time I saw it, but it was just the second time all season that we had a player uh, called out on strikes because of a pitch clock violation. Robbie Grossman was in the box for the count at one and two, and he just kind of lost track of the clock, and the umpire rung him up. The pitcher didn't have to throw a pitch. He was out on strikes, uh, and that's happened so few times all across the league for the most part, everybody has adjusted. Um, you know, the players are very much aware of the, the hitters are very much aware of they've got to be in the box. They've got to be ready before that clock hits eight. Mm-hmm. You know, the pitchers are aware. Um, so there's, there's just an awareness. And, you know, this is what baseball thought. These are professionals. They will make adjustments and they yeah. have made adjustments. And I think it's, I think it's been a good change for the game. That's what the Rangers bullpen needs is for the hitters to get <laughs> rung up on the, those kinds of things i've we found it we've discovered what needs to happen matt uh, always a pleasure everybody out in central texas loves listening to you and eric jared the whole gang and 
Pease has done a nice job this year. Chris, everybody, awesome job, uh, everybody's yep. done a really nice job. So appreciate it, Matt. Have a great call this evening. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate it as well. You bet. There he goes, Matt Hicks, Rangers uh, Radio Network.